Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, episode 28, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Mark Stoll from California. Morning. Right. Um, <laughs> it is morning where you are. It's very early morning. Um, what time is it there? It's uh, eight o'clock now. Eight o'clock. Um, right. Uh, we've played a game since we recorded um, the last podcast. Two games, in fact. Um, Dortmund. Um, let's begin by talking about that one. Um, fabulous night. For, 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 for Spurs um, I think I think most of us most fans I'd like to think were fairly optimistic fairly confident going into that match 3-0 up from the first leg um, but what a what a professional job in, 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 in Dortmund um, 1-0 win another clean sheet and we're in the quarterfinals yeah it was uh, it was quite surprising I'd, I was I was confident that we'd at least get a goal based on the way Dortmund had been leaking goals like crazy recently, but I did not expect a clean sheet. It was fantastic, really professional, uh, a Champions League performance, clinical when needed as well. Not just a Champions League performance, but almost a Champions performance, doing the job at home and then following it up away. And you're exactly right. Um, I felt um, all the way after that game that we would get a goal. And I couldn't see Dortmund getting five. Um, I, I I would have probably guessed at a draw. Uh, to come out with a clean sheet was an absolute bonus. I mean, uh, what would you have expected of Dortmund? There was, was no sort of surprises, were there? They they had nothing else to to do other than come out the traps. You know, like a, a yeah. pack of pack of whippets at us, and they did that. And boy, did they put the pressure on us. And yet, they did. What I, I said we haven't done as much as, as I'd like this season uh, or previous seasons is that last-ditch defending, throwing yeah. themselves in front of the ball. All those things make the difference, and it showed. You can turn around, you can argue and say, well, we were a bit fortunate, but, but, but you make your own fortune when you do that. When you have that absolute belief to, or, or a desire to, to keep that clean sheet because you know that clean sheet's getting you the game, and they did all that. And they came out, once they got the goal, um, the whole game changed. I mean, Dortmund, oh, yeah. Dortmund were done. They really were. And in fact, I, I think if you'd have asked them, would you like to leave the pitch now? They'd have said, yes. Yeah, yeah, we're off. Mm-hmm. We'll go and have a rest. It was, it was that, you know, it was that solid performance. Wonderful night. And it is one of those, I say glory nights, but it was a, a yeah, thoroughly professional display by Spurs. And credit. And no, nobody would have expected it. Nobody, there is not one person on this planet that would have said we would win 4-0 over two legs against them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that are top of the German league. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a good outfit. and Yeah, see the, the way they were pinging passes around the edge of our box? We were just, 
years behind them. They were almost uh, Barcelona-esque at times, I thought. But as it stands, we're in the next round, and, and they're not. Um, credit to, to <laughs> Hugo. Um, he made he made some really good saves. Um, Jan, I think, was superb yeah. the other night. The, the whole of the back unit, Toby... Um, Davis, Ben Davis, um, and also ben. player that I've I'm still not a fan of, fan of and, I've, and I've called out a few a few times. But I thought credit to him. I thought he, I thought he had a decent game. Sergio, right back, a right wing back. Yeah, he's had a couple of good games recently. He's been pretty solid, hasn't he? He says um, he he seems to perform in the European games. Um, uh, certainly domestically there, there have been a few games Burnley most recently where, where he's, he's looked a bit shaky but um, I think Pochettino seems to trust him um, over Trippier for, for those European nights um, I think the I think the Champions League games are kind of generally played at a higher tempo and I think that probably suits him as opposed to you know our style how it's been in the Premier League this season mm. And he's he's just done well, and he he there he has given us performances where you think to yourself, I wonder how he'd be if he actually got a run in the team because that's something he hasn't really ever had. No, um, is it something that that he's deserved to have? Have have his performances warranted it though? No, but still, you know, you you would have thought there's a possibility. I mean, it's been really spotty for the bloke, really mm. spotty. Um, he only managed one foul throw as well, which is good. Um, looking looking at the ne- next round, I mean, it's not com- complete. There's a few few matches this week, but at the moment, obviously, we're confirmed. Um, PS, not PSG, uh, United are confirmed. Um, Ajax confirmed. Porto are confirmed. And then it will either be United or Bayern, City, sorry, Liverpool or Freudian Slip, United, Liverpool or... Bayern, City or Schalke, um, Juventus or Atletico or uh, Barcelona, Lyon that will make up the quarterfinals, the draw for the quarterfinals and for that matter the semi-finals will, will be this Friday. Um, is there anybody that you, that you fancy? Or... And realistically, yeah, question for both of you, how far do you think we can go in this competition? We can clearly go all the way, but you need a lot of luck. And I'm not going to sort of be drawn in like we've been recently to uh, winning the Premier League when we really weren't favourites to do so. We're asking an awful lot of other teams to drop points for us to do it. And of course, now we're entirely out of that. And, And I wouldn't... I'm just enjoying the moment of where we are in the quarterfinals. So, but you can't, you can't discount us. You know, we've we've done jobs out of Barcelona. Last season, Real Madrid. Dortmund's both seasons. Um, uh, Juventus are one of those. But, you know, we've, we've, we've been up there with all of them competing. And even when we lost Juventus, we, it, it was not by much, was it? No. You know, the whole game. So we can compete at that level. And like all these cups, you just need that bit of luck. With the Premier League, you get that more feeling that... We were never going to be quite good enough. Maybe our squad wasn't quite deep enough to win it. And we would need a lot of luck. And I know everybody can throw Leicester in. But with a cup, it's always the case of a little bit of luck to go with you. And it could. But I'm, I'm 
I just all I want is I, I think I just want a, a foreign team. I don't want um, one of the other English teams to, to draw in the next round. I just yeah. it will spoil it. Uh, yeah. I just rather have, have one of those. Okay, not not particularly fast. Whom? No, not really. I mean, I could tell say, oh, I hope we get Leon. But if you do that, you know, you, you start. Not that I have any influence, but if you start to think that way. You know, you can make a hell of a mistake and find that Bayern Munich sort of just could flop the next round against somebody else. Yeah. So we'll take, we'll take, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take whoever. Yeah, long, long as long as it's uh, off off these shores. Yeah, oh. for me, it's, for me, it's um, I don't, you know, it's a massive, massive. You'd be ridiculous to think we can win the Champions League. I think at this point, but you just take it one game at a time yeah. let's just see who we get and and focus on that and that's the best way to deal with it I think when it comes to the draw I totally agree the last thing I want to do is to if we go out is to go out to a fucking English team number one over everything um, other than that just want to avoid Barcelona I would love Juventus to um, come back against Atletico and us draw them and get the opportunity for revenge for a, a couple of games where I think we were the better team and should have, uh, you know, performed fantastically. Um, Bayern, I'd be quite happy with, even though they seem to be coming into form now. I, I wouldn't mind us having Bayern, but Ajax are the ones I'd like us to play. Just because I like Ajax, and you know what? If we if we had to, if we went out to them, then they'd go through, and I'd be happy with that. But then also, I think you know we're capable of beating them too. Yeah, yeah, and also it would it would be an opportunity for a few re- reunions. Um, most recently, Sanchez. Uh, mm-hmm. Previously, we've had Alvarez and and with Vertonghen and Eriksson who, who who played at Ajax. Um, much like, like, like yourselves, um, I don't want us to draw an English team. It's a European con- co- competition, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I'd be quite happy. I mean, if I'd be really happy if um, Bayern beat Liverpool, um, but uh, if Liverpool do go through and if City go through, I hope they play each other and, and fight it out between themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, United. Um, they can play whoever they want. Um, it'd be nice if they go out as well. But yeah, it's my feelings are that can we win it? You've got to be in it to to win it, and we're in it. We're in the last eight. That's good. Um, but I just feel just just enjoy the ride. See what happens. Um, my expectations aren't high. My expectations aren't particularly low either. Um, I think yeah. we're there. We're, we're in the competition. We're in the last eight. Let's yeah. see who we get. Um, one of the games will be at the new stadium, and that's going to be really good. Um, and let, let's just see where we go from here. You know, if if we if we go if we crash out the next round to I don't know, uh, uh, let's just say Bayern Munich for sake of argument. Um, if we crash out to them, um, they're a decent side. There's, there's no shame in that. You know, the expectations aren't particularly high. If we happen to draw Bayern and beat them and get to the semi-finals, great. Take it from there. No, no, no one's expecting anything. I think the bigger picture yep. for me is the fact that a we're there. That's good. Let's enjoy it. B that our European. Something I touched on it last week on, on the pod. Our performances in, in Europe have improved the last few seasons under Pochettino. From when we were in the Europa um, League under him to the first season in the Champions League, and then 
now, the last two seasons. This it's a nice season, I think. It's a maturity, I think we're playing a lot better. Um and that, that's, that's that's all good. Um there was something else I was gonna I was gonna say on, on, on the European front, but it's completely slipped my mind and now it's really annoying me. And I'm just talking for the sake of talking, just to try <laughs> try to rem- try, try to remember. You, was it was it about Royale and Bale? No. No. no, talking talking of Real, um, that was uh, just to start, digress slightly. Ajax winning in 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 the Bernabeu. Who who saw that one coming? Yeah, well, Ajax should have won the first game. That was a crazy. It was crazy that they lost the first game. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you're right. But but Tadic absolutely destroyed them. <laughs> of all of all people, Tadic at the Southampton let go for yes, yeah, and nobody wanted. No, ten, 10 million, I think it was, they sold him for. Just ridiculous. There we yeah. are. Have you, have you thought yet, Jam? No, I haven't. No, no. Oh, well. it, it'll come to me later. Um, <laughs> right. Um, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about Dortmund again. Let's talk about Dortmund again, yes, and repeat. Um, right, we did have another game um, yesterday. Um, if our European form of late has been impressive, our domestic form hasn't. Of late, um, so that's I think one point out of, out of a possible twelve. Um, yep. After all yeah. matches, uh, Southampton, it, it really was without sounding cliched, and I'm going to. It really was a game of two halves. Yep. Um, first half, I thought we were really good, although I think they, they were they were poor, they were piss poor. Um, I thought we were superb. I thought Dyer looked really good in front of that back four. He does that thing better than anybody else, where he can just slot back in. And there were a few times where mm-hmm. you'd do that, and 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 it would effectively be a free. Um, I think Ericsson looked lively. It was good to have Delhi back, Kane, um, and we seemed to be really on top of it. And and yeah, they were poor as well, and 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 they allowed us, but. Everything seemed to be coming together. My only criticism that first half was I thought we had about three guilt-edge chances, two of which fell to Kane. Or was it three even fell to to him? And I know actually looking at them, they're all ones which... They weren't tap-ins, they weren't easy opportunities, but from a player of his ability, I'd expect them to be on target. And I think there was two, the one where it fell to him and he just hit it straight away and that didn't go go on target and there was a second one where it sort of bubbled over his shoulder and then fell nicely for him and again I don't seem that didn't, didn't seem that didn't seem to be on target and I just kept I kept thinking all right we, we've got that goal um one nil up but will we brew those misses and, and we did and yep. if we'd gone in two nil better still three nil up I think it would have been a different game and then as it was second half I don't know what happened but they they came back and we just didn't have that fight and we, we we were poor and the defending was shocking yep um, I have to agree a game of two halves um, we and I felt exactly the same as you Javid that there were chances and I really sitting there thinking get a second please get a second before half time that's what we need and that will settle us otherwise you just sense it, can't you? But they were all over the place. Yep, he didn't have his shooting boots. The one that, that balanced on his back of his head and then on his shoulder that wouldn't wouldn't get off his shoulder. I don't blame him for it. It dropped and he, he couldn't see the goal. He was too busy concentrating on the drop of the ball and he hit it, but it was way. But the volley he had to that went six foot wide, that was very unlike him. 
and I really thought that was one he could have had. But hey, you know we're we're dominant. Then second half we come out. There are two things that that, that, that really stood out. One is Southampton. You, they're in a, in a dog fight down the bottom there. They're going to come out. They're one nil down. They've got to go for it. So it's no surprise yet again that somebody's going to come at us. So where was that defending that we had at Dortmund? And this is what Pochettino's alluding to uh, about having that mentality that every game is like Dortmund. That's how we defend. That's how we should defend. Here's that last gas tackle. What did Rose go and do? He steps over the ball. He absolutely he sees a player coming in on him, which I'm not sure was Ward Prowse. He sees him there. He thought he'd be clever and let it slip through his legs and then turn. And then Valor is behind him, who manages to choke it into the ground and it bounces up into the net. But we gave him that opportunity to make that that, uh, ridiculous finish. Rose was at fault, but um, oh, look. Was, it, was it fair to say that perhaps four of our players were at fault because the yeah. ball, the ball went past. I think it was Sanchez, Jan, and then no, and then Rose as well. And then even prior to that, Carl Walker Peters um, could have done a little bit better. He seemed to lose his man. Um, he got inside him and, and got the ball in. Well, yes. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but that's what happens in a game. We forget it all when it when the ball's cleared out. We don't think of those things. It's only when the goal comes. But Rose had the guilt edge chance to just clear it with his right foot mm. it didn't have to be pretty you're you're only six yard but what do you do you just bang it out now i don't subscribe to keep banging the ball out i like the football we play out but that is one of those moments you don't think about that and a step over it and he is that is one of the little things about rose he has a a little bit of arrogance about him thinks he can be clever thinks we're Spurs and they're just Southampton and I can do those things. He wouldn't have thought about that against Dortmund. You know, that he was playing that against Dortmund and that ball came across. I'm, I'm sure he'd have cleared it with his right boot. He would not have stepped over it like that. And then Walker Peters, for some odd reason, chasing back. Um, and he was outstripped and I don't know why. Gave that free kick away, which I might add was actually 15 yards from where the free kick was taken. The whole momentum took it, the whole thing forward and the, the ref put it 15 yards further forward, which gave them the opportunity to strike it. But, you know, where was that defending we had at Dortmund? Where is that moment? I've, I've felt for Pochettino in a way because he's up in the stand and he's probably feeling now he's had half time that there's little he can do. He's already on the walkie talkie, but another real lacklustre performance in the end. And one that I, I can only agree with Pochettino that there is an issue that we're not getting up for these games. On the defending, um, there's been a lot. If you take a quick glance at social media, you'll see a lot of our fans suggesting that if Alderweireld had started, um, it would have made a jot of difference. And also questioning the fact that you know, why was he rested, etc., etc. Um, that's a load of nonsense, isn't it? Really. We still would have conceded that goal even even if Alderweireld had been on the pitch, surely. Yeah, I don't think that has any relevance. At the end of the day, the the game was the game was lost by our attack, our attacking lethargy, and 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 our arrogance at being one 0 up and thinking we're comfortable. You know, like, uh, it, it felt like it was like, oh, you know what? We're creating chances. The goal's going to come soon. 
we're, we're going to score soon. And then before you know it, we've lost the momentum. Um, Rose was Rose was definitely whether anybody else made a mistake or not. The Rose had the pivotal moment and the 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 opportunity to make it go away and and allow us to gather ourselves again. And he it, we got punished for it. And I also happened to think that Hugo basically pointed to Ward Prowse and said, "Hey, I know you like to curl him. Have a go at my right side because I'm going to stand a little bit too far over on the left." And, and basically bare my ass to you. Have a have a go. That was his positioning was awful for that. I don't know if any. I haven't. After the game, I was just disgusted and haven't seen any pundits talking on TV or any of that. Not that I like to listen to them, but I don't know if anybody else has mentioned this. But that's my opinion. So um, I was at the game yesterday with. Um with uh, AST, who's the host of the Echoes of Glory podcast, and we were right behind the goal. Um, and prior to, as, as um, the wall was, was was being, Hugo was lining up his wall and, and, and Ward Prowse was behind the ball, we, we were looking at Hugo, and he was right to the far left. Yep. And AST pointed out that he's too far to the left what, what you kept saying why is he doing that why you know and, I, and I, my thought was well i suppose he's doing it deliberately to entice um ward prowse to um shoot to the right so that you know he at least he's not he forces him to do that and either the wall will jump up and do its job or Hugo will get behind it but at least he, he knows he's gonna go for that corner but he was still still too far far ahead I mean, he sort of he did move a little bit to the center slightly but he was way too out and and also when the shot came in it has to be said it was a fantastic strike um the pace on the ball um uh, the way that it curls um the fact that it got over everything it was perfect execution but Positioning of Hugo, Hugo seemed completely wrong, and this is you know not not some, we're not something that we're saying with hindsight. This was just as it was happening. We were yeah. looking at it, and we were like, "This is this is wrong." And the movement of his feet, I thought, was too was too slow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what to say really. No, I, 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 at the time, I was too fearful. I thought it was in a good range, and I was a bit fearful of it. But I didn't really take enough notice of his positioning. But it's subsequently in the replays, and I'm watching Match of the Day, and I watched it, and I thought, "Yep, he is. He's he's too far to the left." And if you're going to do that, and I don't blame keepers for doing, um, trying to tempt players into going for one corner, but he's got to start moving about a bit and coming back towards the middle before that, you know, as, as the run-up's being taken. Because if he stays where he is, he is offering a big, big target. Uh, but I don't. The, the, the Alderald, Toby Alderald, um Yeah, you can all sort of turn around and say, well, he was our, our, our best defender, arguably with with Jan. Um, but you can't just say. Poch is paid to rotate the squad, keep it fresh, and this idea that we got three weeks break is hokum because they all go off to their internationals now. As I as I understand, I'm reading the fitness. Um, a team behind Poch had said that Toby had played 15 games. He was looking a bit tired. They were a bit concerned. He was on their charts. He was the most likely to get another injury in that hamstring, which really put him out for a long time. If he'd have played and if they were right and he'd pulled that hamstring badly again or put a tear in it and he was out for the rest of the season, 
the fans and maybe even the management might be turning around to Poch and saying, you know, you, you had the information there, mate. You didn't have to play him. Well, the management would would anybody privy to that would would would, would probably say that, but certainly our fans would 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 then be an uproar and say, oh well, it's yeah. only Southampton. We could have rested him. Yeah. Blah quite. blah blah. Um, I, the quite apart from everything that you've just said there, the other thing I'd I'd add to that is that it's not as if we dropped. Sorry, it's not as if Alderweireld was rested for, let's say, Cameron Carter-Vickers or or even right. Foyt. He's, he's a, or even Foyt, who's a decent player, but you know, it's we've got we're blessed with three really good centre backs in in Sanchez, um, Vertonghen, and Alderweireld. So it's not as if we and then you happen to have Dyer sitting in front of that back four. So it's not as if we severely weaken the team. And I honestly don't think it would have made any bearing at all on 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 the on the overall well, out, outcome well, it, might yeah, it, all, it always it always is though to our fan base it, it all if yeah. toby's not playing that's why bam that's why pochettino you didn't play toby toby is is the defensive god to so many of our fans you know and yan is better than him just as good as him they but you know and sanchez is a damn good defender too. He's been playing well lately. Yeah, that he has. mistake against Arsenal, but that guy has been solid as hell. Yeah. To- nobody really mentions Toby screwing up against Chelsea. Oh no, that was Hugo. We can't blame Toby for getting skinned by Pedro really badly, you know. But you know, give some respect to Sanchez and Vertonghen. It's not all about Toby. Our defence is not just Toby. Absolutely, and it's it's two it's two small moments as well. That was all in, it was for the goals, but the rest of that half, second half, as you quite rightly said, Mark, the whole team were lacklustre. They weren't competing with Southampton. Southampton had upped their game. They tweaked tweaked the thing a bit, and then they came at us and they they camped it, and we couldn't keep the darn thing well enough. Mm. That's where that's what cost us. We yeah, lost right. our momentum. We allowed yeah. them to take the momentum. And once yep. we lost it, we didn't have the energy to try and get it back. You know, that last last couple of seasons, we've been well known for the, our high-intensity play and, and pressuring teams. And it seems to be this season, <laughs> in, in too many games, and, th- and yesterday was, was a great example, so was Burnley, where we, we don't do that. We're playing this comfortable knocking it around the back like it, we used to watch England play. Where we all went, oh God's sake! It's sideways movement. And that's all we're getting. We're keeping the ball, but we lost that intensity at the moment. I don't know that it's, it's been asked of the team to do that. I, I don't think it is. But they, they get too entrenched in it, and then we forget that lovely little threaded ball through suddenly. You know that sudden movement, and then that push forward, and that's gone out of our game too much. There were signs of certainly fluid play in the first half, um, particularly with, mm-hmm. with Delhi back in the team. A lot of one-touch stuff. Ericsson seemed to be a, a lot more on the ball. But ultimately, it's exactly as, as Mark said about the fact that we were A, lethargic in attack, and B, also the, the fact that we didn't take the chances in the first half. Because as bad as the defending was on the first goal, and, and, and as much as we can criticise Hugo on the... On the second goal, if those things happen, without sounding completely arrogant, we should we should still have enough in our locker to come back at them 
and we didn't, and we lack that in the second half. We did yep. look lethargic going forward, and in the first half, we didn't take those chance. Tra- tra- so those chances. Um, comments from a few listeners: Darren Pamenter, why? Just why? Um, <laughs> Kent Goodrich, Perez out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I on love that, that comment <laughs> on Perez. Um, so we had a question from Graham Turner. His Twitter handle is at Grayty underscore eighteen eighty two. Absolutely shattering. Would we have fallen asleep in the second half if Potch had been stalking the sideline, barking his orders? No, I don't think so. No, I, I, I don't think that affected us enough. I really don't. Um, no, I, I think um, uh, Perez at the side is enough uh, to do that. I just think the players themselves just couldn't get out of that lethargy. But, um, you know, Pochettino in his... Uh, after match interviews, you know, said we were arrogant. He didn't say the team were arrogant. He said we were arrogant, and I, I, I was glad he said that because, as far as I'm concerned, they were. He obviously felt, or they obviously felt, we were comfortable at one nil too because they didn't make any substitutions. Now, Lucas Mora was the sharpest I've seen him for a long time in the first half. But in the second half, he, he just was done. And he, he got a couple of opportunities uh, on the break and he totally screwed it up. And for me, that was like telling everybody, hey, let's switch him for Sun, because Sun would have been way more, you know, he's just way better than he is, especially in those situations. And we just seem to just... we. You know, the management didn't change anything either, did they? They didn't go out there and say, hey, this ain't good enough. You know, we, we, we need to be winning. One goal's not enough. You know, there was none of that. So it's it's got it's everyone as a collective, as far as I'm concerned. Like Pochettino said, they were all arrogant. Yeah. Um, talking of arrogance, so we had a, a oh, overconfidence even. Um, same thing I guess a question from Annette Smith a, handle, a Twitter handle is at Musketeer she says do we sometimes suffer from overconfidence especially in games where we are expected to win um, there were shades yesterday of Watford earlier this season when we won a lot away from home shades wolves. of Wolves um, yep. and even whilst we weren't leading in that game at any point but it was a game that on paper we were expected to win and then put the pressure on on, on uh, Liverpool and City two weeks ago, Burnley. Yeah. Um, and once again yesterday, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, they're, she's right. I think there is something in that. Yes, I, I, I think she is right. I think there is an overconfidence. You can just go over the edge uh, the other side and say, call it arrogance. Um, whatever, but yeah, it's and, and Poch could see it. Um, he's calling it. I'm glad he's being honest. I should imagine he's exceptionally frustrated at the moment, and he's probably sitting home because he he takes these things really personally. You know, if you if, again, if I hark back to reading the book, his book in there, you know, where he's, he's had failures, and you can feel him hurting through his words um, all the time. And he must be hurting on this one. How he can get this squad of players to that next level um, it, it just seems that they have and he says well we are where we are for a good reason and, and he's probably right you know we are um, struggling just to get to that top four at the moment we're not that competing for the title yet we don't beat too, too often enough 
the Burnleys, the Wolves, Southamptons. We just don't do it enough. Or at least get a draw. We used to. We used to. Well, we have done. Yep. Yeah, I think one of the problems with that, Javid, is that we've been found out a little bit. And I, I, I say that because we haven't freshened the squad up. And that probably question will probably come up later. But we haven't freshened the squad up. So we've not given opposing teams anything different to concern themselves with. So they only need to go to their filing cabinet and pull it out and say, right, OK, Spurs 2015-16, yeah, <coughs> 16, 17, 18, yep, yep, same thing. OK, lads, you know, we've seen that and... and they don't like it up them. You know, you go and give them a bit of pressure, they crumble. So we'll do that. And and that's, you know, as they've come at us, we've not competed with them and, and we've a little bit of panic. And you get silly things like Rose doing that, um, ridiculous step over, and we get found out. Happening too often. Well, so I looked at, um, you know, I've been, I felt this way all season, like, I don't know, I've spent a lot of time this season thinking to myself, okay, is this where we're going to like suddenly get going? Is this where we're going to really start hitting our stride and, and you know, slaughtering teams like we have done in the past? And it just hasn't happened. So I looked at some stats and uh, bear in mind these stats, are, you know, last season as opposed to this season, but, you know, we've still got eight games to go. But at the end of last season, we had 623 shots at goal. So far this season, we've had 403 shots at goal. Okay. Crosses last season, 825 crosses. So far this season, 526 crosses. I mean, we're just not... We haven't really... There's a handful of games where we felt like we've been hungry at score more and more goals. And kept going and just slaughtered teams for me. It's like we're just like you say. There's just this this overconfidence or something there that uh, we're, we're going to win. It'll it'll happen, and I don't like it. it for me, it's a step backwards. Um, it's worrying. Question from Kent Goodrich. I think we've already discussed this. Poch confirmed that Toby was rested today, yesterday even. Was it was it an error not to play our strongest team given there are three weeks until the next game? The only thing I say about that is that I think having a settled team is obviously a good thing. But for a number of reasons, for the fact that we've got a lot of games, for the fact we had so many other players involved in the World, World Cup and then we're trying to manage... Um, manage those players and, and prevent injuries and 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 for the lack of you know for one of a better phrase lack of an, an investment in this in, in the squad um we, we, Pochettino has perhaps maybe rotated the team this season more than he more than he wants to certainly more than our fans want to um but it is what it is um and... those those same fans those same fans love it when they see Harry Rinks introduced and Harry Kane introduced young lads, brought in, nurtured, and mm. become top. And Deli Ali can come under that umbrella, and, and Dyer can. Very young lads when they came into us. He's given them um, their chances, stuck with them, even if they didn't look so good sometimes. And we've loved it. We, you know, we're proud of that. That Spurs. We're not Chelsea. We're not Man City. We're not going out there and just purchasing what they need. Um, we're we're bringing these players. So we've got to stick with him at times of these sort of things um, and be proud of bringing players through because it's the, it's the way we do it. 
or it is at the moment, we're not at that level we can bring players in. So he's going to rotate that squad. Now, just quickly, Toby, he's got two games coming up with Belgium. So he's got, um, I think it's, uh, well, it doesn't really matter who it is, to be honest. Um, I think it's Korea. Yeah, it's Korea, I think, is one of them. And Japan. So he's got a bit of travelling and games to play. So this idea that we've got three weeks rest for all these players is false because he'll play for them. And if he truly has got a little bit of tightening on that hamstring, then he should have been rested so he can play for Belgium. Because much as people say, well, you know, we pay his wages. Well, fine, I understand that. But if we'd have played him yesterday and he'd gone off to these two trips and played these two games and come back badly injured, we're going to be far from happy. So hopefully Potch has, well, I say called it right. People have their thoughts on it. And I understand that. But these are mine. And I think he's probably called it right. That team that played yesterday should have won the game. It was good enough on paper to win the game. I don't have any problem with his team selection. I mean, like I said earlier, it's not as if we we didn't play out of Herald and played uh, Carter Vickers or going back a few years, Fazio or, or, or Vimmer instead. We didn't weaken the team. We, we, this is, you know, we have Sanchez and, and Vertonghen. This time last year, Sanchez and Vertonghen were our centre-back bearing. So it, it's, it's nonsense. I'm sorry. We that, that brought, whole notion we... is... We brought in Deli Alley and Eric Dyer into this game, two players that, you know, uh, people forget are very experienced players back into the team. We strengthened for this game, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yep. Well, he could. Deli Alley was the one that um, got the assist. Lovely little assist for Kane. Mm-hmm. Lovely yeah. chip. You know, so he, he, that's what he does. He has those little moments. He only has to do one or two. And if we'd been 1-0 up, and if we'd have defended properly as a whole team, we'd have won the game 1-0. But we couldn't hold on to it again. If Alvaro, for example, had got injured or was, or was suspended for this game, and Pochettino's hand was forced, and let's say he wanted to otherwise pick him, um, and uh, but he couldn't, then we go with Sanchez and Jan and the rest of the team, and like you say, Mark, Deli and Eriksson, that arguably means you strength for the team. Not being disrespectful to Southampton, I know we had an earlier question about you know being arrogant or overconfident. Uh, we should still have enough in our armour to beat them, and if we don't, then we've really got to ask questions about the club and the players uh, and and our and our aspirations of, of top four or, or, or uh, contesting for for, for league, league titles. Um, I I think that uh, it's it, it's a complete utter nonsense, and I think it's just it. This week it's Toby. Next week it will be somebody else. Will be, will, sorry, Toby's um, exclusion from the side is, is is the the thing that fans are going on about this week. Next week it'll be something else, yeah. um, or it'll be yeah. oh, so and so was brought back too quickly, etc., etc. It's actually quite boring. Um, John Steggles, uh, do Spurs deserve the bottle of tag? I don't know if that's John's actual belief or he's just putting that question out there. Um, I think he's just putting that question. I don't think he. Um, um... You can think that at all. It's not a term I like to use. The, a, a bottler tag, if you call someone a bottler, it, it, it means they're a coward. Um, and that's not what we've done. I mean, it, it, you lose games. Is everybody a bottler every time they lose a game? We're trying to dissect it in a, as, as intelligent way as we can. But the word bottler will never come into it for me. I, I just don't see it. Um, 
Man City lost to Newcastle um, only a few weeks ago. Did they bottle it? No, but it happens. I mean, Southampton are a good side. They're not really a bottom six side. They've got a better side than than their position says. Mm-hmm. And it is, we're not interested in Southampton, I know. But it, it, the fact we were 1-0 up um, was something that, that bugs me, that we couldn't hold on to that lead. And that's that, for me, is the difference. And I don't see... That were I've never used the word bottle. You know, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, do, do we have the mental strength to get over the line? Which line are you talking about, Jared? Though, well, you know, whether that's a semi-final or a second leg against Juventus or putting the pressure and going all the way, um, yeah, in, in a yeah. league race, that sort of thing. Somehow we get found out, don't we? That last moment, and we've seen so many last few seasons, so many of Juventus and Manchester United, Chelsea in the final. You know, it's just that. Just that moment, isn't it? We just we're found wanting, we're found wanting, and I, I, you know, and and of course it's it's Mourinho, the pragmatic Mourinho, who says right, just defend against this lot. I've got quality players can win games, and they'll do it at that one moment. But we'll we'll, we'll just we'll stifle Spurs, and he does it, and and we fall foul of it. So yeah, we have to find other ways, don't we? But I just bottle is not the word I'd ever use. You, it's it's absolute. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. If we were bottlers, we would go into these games like semi-finals or you know, uh, you know, tough games towards the end of the season while fighting for the league. We would go into these games and completely freeze. You know, we haven't done that. We've gone in a lot of these games. We just we've beaten ourselves because we haven't finished our opportunities or something like that. It's like no, if you're a bottler, you wouldn't even get there. You wouldn't keep getting to that, that to that, these positions. It's just crap. Do you know yeah. what the biggest, biggest single achievement of this season has been so far um, for us as a club? Against that whole backdrop of not signing players and and uh, not refreshing the squad and, and, and whatnot, not getting as far as we have done in the league, but getting as far as we have done in the Champions League when when we we were on the back for it right from day one and i and i and i remember straight after that inter game when, when we lost i i just didn't think we'd get through i thought that's it um we've we've lost yeah. against inter we've lost against barcelona cuz that was that was expected um all right we're still in it but it's going to be really tough we're going to have to get a result against um barcelona in the in, in the last game in the, in the new camp we went and Drew against PSV, making it even more difficult for yeah. us. Yet we got over the line. We didn't bottle it then. When we were, we were up in the face of adversity, that was the most difficult, probably, period. And we've not only done that, we've then navigated past Dortmund and we're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That disproves the notion that Spurs are bottle jobs. Yeah, and that just comes back to the term we used earlier on, which is not bottling it. It's just a bit of arrogance and overconfidence. And we've got to get past that. We've got to treat every game as we're fighting against relegation or something, because that's that's the one issue that's, that's getting us all really was yesterday. We we know we've we've failed recently. We had a lovely, I think, what nine point lead at one stage. We were looking okay for third, and even I was thinking, you know what? I don't remember speaking of this, but it's, it's, there's a bit of comfort there. There's a there's a bit of cushion, and now we've seen it whittle away, and that's why yesterday we've all got so upset because we should have treated that game far more seriously than, than we look to have treated it 
and I have to use that word carefully, look to treated it. For whatever reason, we didn't come out with the result. And now we're all feeling that the breath on the back of our necks from the chasing pack. And that is very uncomfortable for all of us, for all Spurs fans. The worst trio you can think of is sitting on our backsides, just whispering in our ears saying, you know, you're, you're... and of course, it's the media that use the word bottling it just to upset all us lot. You know, really. Somebody somewhere tweeted, I found it actually quite amusing. Um, uh, I think they were a Spurs fan today. I saw this and they said um, uh, they were looking ahead to the Liverpool game, which which we will do in a minute. Um, and they said two of the biggest bottle jobs in, in, in English football. And they described the game as um, uh, the, like the bottle job derby or something like No, L, L bottle job. I think that was the... That's what they they phrase that yeah. game to be. Paddy Power yesterday were putting out an advert that at some. I mean, I'm not a gambler, so I don't really know, but it was something to do with a, a bets at Cheltenham, and they said that they'll let you bet on a second, third, or fourth, and they're calling it a Tottenham Hotspur bet. And that's just what you need, isn't it? Just the stupidity of the media and, and this advertiser. Some agencies come up with that. Probably it probably was a Manchester United fan or something that the bloke at the marketing company. Just just the stupidity of you need, especially I've heard that before yesterday's game. Oh. Uh, right, we've had a, <laughs> another question from um, uh, this guy called Weiss. Always learning his Twitter handle is at Nate underscore H A, and it's a similar question to last week and previous week, slightly rephrased. <laughs> is winning the Champions League our best bet for qualifying for it next year? What the hell is going on with our Premier League form? There you go, Mark. We're just uh, as of as of the end of the game yesterday, I just feel like we've now let ourselves slip into a battle for fourth place with Chelsea and Arsenal. That's how I feel. I just feel United just seem to have this uncanny luck and momentum at the moment that I can't... We've just allowed them to catch up. But as for best hope, no, our best hope is obviously getting in the top four, which we're capable of doing. And I don't know I don't know whether this break is going to be exactly what we need or whether it's the opposite. It's going to be, it's so tense for us right now. Yeah. So tense. This is, we, I don't, I don't want an end of the season like this. And I really don't want us to feel like it was a bad season because of the finish, you know, because yeah. we've had that too many times where we've had a decent season and, you know, it's gone wrong at the end. And... Well, it's certainly not going to be boring for the next two months, given that we've got Champions League football, uh, not so straightforward an outcome in terms of Champions League qualification through the league and the new yeah. stadium to look to, to look forward to. Um, very briefly on, on, on two things there. One, uh, the break that you referred to, uh, Mark. Um, uh, Gilly, Twitter analyst, at I know Alan Alan Gilzine, um, he says break coming at a good time. It's not really a break though, is it? No. We're, 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 we've got no game next weekend. That's it. That's that's the only, if you like, 
break. Um, the players are still going to be training. They're going to be at this, this, this camp in Barcelona. I wonder, although well, it's not been mentioned, but I wonder if there's a temptation for, whilst they're out there, for Spurs to play, a, or sorry, a Spurs 11 to play a game behind closed doors against, for example, a Espanyol under-23 side or a B team. Yeah, possibly. Mm, no idea. No idea. As so, Mark, as Mark says, I, I, who knows um, whether it's going to be good or bad. We'll find out eventually. I wish I could guess, uh, second guess it. But yeah, we've all they've all got some. And how many internationals we got in the side? I mean, there's hardly a player mm. there that's not going to play. They'll yeah, they'll, they'll be what two games for probably at least or one, two games for the. the, the array of international players that we've got in the squads. Um, the only rest will, 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 will be next week in terms of um, not playing a game next next weekend. On the, on the plus side, we've got with Delhi back yesterday. I think that's everybody bar Winks that's fit and available. And I don't think Winks's injury, his groin injury, strike me as being particularly too serious. So hopefully we'll have everybody fresh. As long as they don't pick up injuries um, in the international um, break, we'll have everybody fe- fresh. When we play Liverpool, uh, can we go there and get a result of some sort? Yes. Yeah, of course we can. If we put the right attitude in, if we place the same attitude as we did against Dortmund, I think we can give Liverpool a heck of a game. And I'd take a draw all day long. I mean, obviously, i take a win, but i will take a draw. I think we can give them real trouble. And I, and I just think this will be part of this arrogance, because we won't be arrogant against them. We know if we don't... You know what Liverpool have done to us over the previous seasons? You know, we've, we've swapped sort of results with them. And just when we yeah. think we're going to, um, uh, you know, beat like last time, they've absolutely stripped us back. That's been the one team that really have destroyed us, Liverpool. Uh, I don't think we'll underestimate them. So um, I, think we, I think we can. I, I genuinely believe, even after all this rubbish we've been going on... Um, and then with the impending new stadium, I think, Mark, I know you're worried about, um, and rightfully so, at the ending of the season. I'm hoping and I'm believing against, I don't know what, um, that it's going to give us that boost that we need to finish the season really well in that new stadium. Well, we know for sure that um, it's going to be one hell of an atmosphere because after that game last season, they are gonna. They're gonna want to be us so bad. Their fans. Yeah. They, you know. They still talk about that shit. You know. <laughs> even. E- even though you know their players are, are ridiculous divers, they still talk about it. So, I think it's gonna. Hope. I'm hoping it generates like a Champions League atmosphere for us, and I really do think we are gonna. We are gonna give them a game for sure. Yeah. And, and and City and Liverpool are, are those teams where you got a choice. You can either try and sit back against them and get slaughtered or you can try and actually fight fire with fire and, and risk getting slaughtered. And we always do the latter, and I'm damn glad we do. Mm. Yeah. Um, talking of that new stadium, um, so there was the news this week that... Uh, that we're going to finally move into the new, new, new stadium subject to those two um, test events passing through without any hitches. I think the, the the difference I suspect this time compared to last time when back in August was then test events, the dates were given, the opposition wasn't confirmed, the process for getting tickets for those games hadn't um, opened up. Now it's all, it's there, it's, it's in the public debate 
domain then and, and i suppose the implication there is that all the all the health and safety concerns all the fire tests etc have all passed through otherwise they wouldn't be making this this statement and and they're probably confident that, that those games should pass through without any hitches so you're prote- potentially looking at either the 6th of April against Brighton being the 1st match, or failing that, it will be uh, a midweek game um, on the 3rd of April against Crystal Palace. That's dependent on, on how Brighton's Cup game mm. against uh, Millwall, I think it is, away from home next week, pans out. Um, had a question on, not on the new stadium, but on where we've been playing for the last what, 18 months, um, longer if you if you consider the fact that we've been playing European games as far back as the 2016-17 there, but Wembley. And yeah. the question is from John Stickles. Um, what are your favourite moments at Wembley? Ooh. 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 <laughs> I think, uh, for me, it was Real Madrid. The Real Madrid game, 3-1. Um, that's a glory night. That's an absolute glory night. Uh, and we we took the game to them. And we were by far the deserved winners. So that will always remain with me, that that's, that game. Mark, has there been a particularly standout performance at Wembley? Uh, definitely Madrid and Dortmund. I thought the performance oh. against Dortmund was fantastic too. This season? Then, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with those. Um, if I was going to throw another one into the mix, I'd say the Liverpool game last season when, when we won 4-1. Um, yeah, that was quite impressive, um, and I think both all of these occasions, Dortmund this season, Dortmund also last season, Madrid last mm-hmm. season, Liverpool last season. These will be one of the few games where the atmosphere has been, been been really good at Wembley. But uh, I'm glad that uh, that uh, our time at Wembley is is, is up, and, and oh. I think I think it's, it's going to be good moving in, in, into the new, new stadium, and, and I, I do think it will give everybody a real lift. Um, before we finish off with a few questions. Um, Mark, you wanted to bring up or discuss um, negative commentary from online influencers um, yeah. from our fans. Um, now, th- <laughs> there's that saying that well, it doesn't really matter what you post online because it's not going to affect the players because the players don't 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 read what's online, etc., etc. But it's a quite sad state of affairs, and I know football's a game of opinions, and I know that you know you, you, you are allowed to criticise things that go wrong. That's that's fine. That's no problem with that. But some of the crap that I read from fans, some of the negative stuff, it's just it beggars belief. Yeah, it's just it's ludicrous. It really is. I mean, you just I just it it's the responsibility of like people like some of these groups they don't understand you're spreading this shitty negative attitude and we have the you know last all through last season we had this you know the enjoyment well the last couple of seasons the enjoyment of arsenal fan tv and look at them you know they're ridiculous and all this shit and then you look in our own backyard and you've got fit uh, pages on facebook like coy's news that straight after the game yesterday, they just put a big caption up saying "fuck off" with the club club badge on it, you know. And they've got sixty-two thousand followers. I mean, seriously, there weren't one fan who wasn't upset and mm. angry and pissed off yesterday. You don't tell the club to fuck off. 
you don't, you know, you don't go and start saying this ridiculous shit that people say. You know, it's just you're spreading this this crappy attitude and bad vibes. Support the fucking team. Yeah. It's quite something when it's a when it's a Facebook page. If it's if it's you know if it's if it's an individual commenting on that page, right? It's still pretty poor. But this is this is a page or if it, if it were a group run by people. It's set up and with you know with X amount of followers, as, as you say, and, it, and it's quite disappointing. And look, we've on this podcast and who we generally quite positive and upbeat about stuff but I'm sure there have been times where all of us have called out things that we see or we don't agree agree with or you know even decisions that Pochettino has made I mean I always try to sort of if I'm critical in any way of a decision that Pochettino has arrived at for example with to say with regards to team selection what I always try to do is, well, say, well, I'll, I'll give my opinion, but I always also say, well, look, I'm not privy to what goes on at the club and to what happens all week. I sort of balance it out with with that. But to for somebody to just say, you know, fuck off, Spurs, that sort of thing, it's just it, it begs belief. I, I I liken it to a scenario if, if you you've both got children, um, if your kids did badly at school for example uh, you know that they didn't do well in a particular exam or whatever as a parent naturally you'd be disappointed but you wouldn't tell your kid to fuck off you know you wouldn't slate them you wouldn't make them feel any worse or you know you'd you'd be supportive or try to get them to do whatever it is to improve but and and not get the same result but you wouldn't it's a, them in, in such yeah. a public way. You're, you're, you're tipping over, you see, here now with uh, almost politics, but you, outside, it's outside football, really, in a sense. It's just behaviour. Mm. It's ridiculous behaviour. I can't stand it. You know, oh, for goodness sake. You can't have a measured discussion. It's always a, a ridiculous um, term of some sort of, of as I say, swearing or winding up. It's it's a modern phenomenon that's to do with social media. It's so easy that people can say these things, and th- and it it can actually affect people, and that's the, that's the terrible thing about it. And so that's why it goes beyond football. It's just behaviour of people, and it, and it goes with Brexit at the moment. You know that's doing the same thing or worse, and it's dividing the country because people just can't behave themselves and just be civil. It's very strange. You're quite right, Jared. You know, it's, uh, it's, you wouldn't tell your children that they're they're idiots, would you? It's, they haven't done something right. You try and find out why and and, and have a discussion about it. So, yeah, you, you, Mark, you're 100. I mean, I'm behind you, but I know, I know what I would try and I do try and do is actually not look at uh, look at my phone after a loss because you know what's coming. Just mm. pouring out the phone. It's a it's a sad reflection. On society, I think is probably, and I, I see today that um, I haven't seen it. I've recorded it, but somebody's gone on and attack, attacked Jack, Jack Grealish today. Gone on the pitch, yep. you know. That's that's sort of another side of it. That's the physical side rather than the the the, the keyboard warrior style. Just dreadful, dreadful. I hope it, he does it, go to jail. It, it worries me. Leeds coming back up, to be quite honest. Yes. I just, Worries me, Leeds and Chelsea getting 
together and all that kind of stuff, it worries me that we're going to start seeing some trouble a little bit here and there, you know? Yeah, when, yeah. I, go, when I go to away games, and, and, and I've been with Javid, you know, I've walked up to the fans and had a good chat with them, the away fans, or they're, they're the home fans, but, you know, the opposition fans, had a good chat with them. So it should you know, be. Yeah, you know, so the bloke said so I walked at Leicester, walked in the bar, which was full of Leicester supporters. He took the mickey out of me saying, well, that, that wasn't, you haven't won the Premier League and smiled. And I knew what he meant, you know, because we only won the, the league in 61. So, and he's won mm-hmm. the Premier League. But it was just in light-hearted banter and I just smiled. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we got on with our day. And that's, and that's how it should be. You know, I, I don't like all this stuff. I must admit, maybe I'm old-fashioned and... But uh, I don't, I don't, I hate, you know, it's amongst our own fans. You're absolutely right. Amongst our own fans. It's one thing from the opposition to start giving it large. Yeah. But it's quite something else when your own fans are doing it. It's ridiculous. And as I think as Mark touched on it earlier, we, we mock Arsenal TV, Arsenal fan TV. And rightly so, because, because it is a, it is, it, well, A, there are rivals and B, it's quite funny watching them, watching the meltdown. And that's fine. I get that. I do also think that we can sometimes be a little bit, uh, what's the word, sanctimonious perhaps about it, or just a little bit too, you know, I'll look at them, you know, and then there are occasions when our fans are, are, are no no worse. Um, yeah. and I, I do think it is a wider problem with, with football fans. We're, we're obviously focusing on Spurs fans, but I'm sure it, oh, yeah. we, you know, we, we, we look at, social media and we look at what Spurs fans say um, whether that's good or bad or, or funny or whatever it might be about the club but we don't yeah that's that our focus is, is on that but I'm sure if you if you started following on Twitter a whole load of Arsenal fans or Chelsea fans or uh, Liverpool fans they'd be just as bad um, unfortunately it's a problem um Problem with football fans, maybe. Problem with society, who knows. Right, um, let's finish off with a few more questions. Uh, Stephen Harris. Um, Stephen sent in this question, by the way, last week. And apologies, apologies I couldn't I couldn't read it then. I didn't, I didn't get the time. So this was written, or some of what he says was, was, yeah, it was written prior to yesterday. So he, he says, is Lucas done? He's 26, so he should be in the prime of his life and gets 10 minutes against Chelsea and no time against Arsenal, despite only bringing on two subs. Do we all believe he's on Poch's naughty list, and will he be leaving in the summer? Now, obviously, he started yesterday, but he didn't. I don't p- believe he set the world alight. And there were there were a couple of in- instances in the game where he came over to Hazis Perez on the touchline, and I don't know if it was just Hazis Perez just giving him some instructions to pass on to the other players in the team, or whether there, it was instructions that were specific to him, and he perhaps wasn't performing. Or doing the things that he'd been asked, or executing them in, in in the right way. But yeah, I don't think he had a great game either yesterday. Is it the end of the road, Mark? I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I just don't think he's. I think I've said it before. I don't think he's very. I don't think he's particularly intelligent. I don't think he's an intelligent player. Not. He's not at the levels of our other attacking players. I mean, yesterday, he, he started sharp for me. He looked lively. He looked decent. He had a few good touches around the box. And uh, he faded big time, just totally faded. But then it was just it's just strange. Like, the bloke's a right winger, yet he never goes out to the right wing. That's where he's played his whole career. Never goes there. Even Ali popped up on the right wing 
in the first half yesterday. And, we, and maybe the second half too. I mean, Ali was all over the place, but Lucas didn't seem to really move. I, I, he's not good enough for us. We, I don't think he's at, at the level we need. And I think we'd do well to get rid of him before um, he doesn't really play much and we can't get no money for him. Yeah, I'm going to agree once again with you, Mark. I, I'm not normally very... Not say damning of players, but I, I I tend to support our players, and I and I did that with Sissoko. I always saw that he wasn't the most gifted player, but I always thought he did a job for us. And of course, now he's come through. But with uh, Mora, I, I I sort of agree, and I can see why he wasn't getting a game at PSG. Now we all believe that Poch is going to keep sticking with him and keep getting it, indoctrinating him with the Spurs way and he's going to eventually come out but I, I'm not sure I see it he reminds me of Raheem Sterling and simply because he's a little lad plenty of pace and Sterling for me lacks certain as- aspects of his game but it's all come- I know he got a hat-trick yesterday but, it can- but it's because he's quick and he gets in there but he makes wrong decisions but he's got so many creative players around him Sterling that it sort of covers up his, his shortcomings. And I don't think we've got enough creativity to do that for uh, for Mora, Lucas Mora. Um, I'll stick with Poch. If he wants to stick with him another season, fine. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll trust Poch, as I always do. Uh, but, um, and he's a good squad player. I mean, it's difficult enough now for Spurs to get those squad players in. Who's going to, who, you know, go back to signings. Who's going to come in and say, yeah, fine, I'll sit on the bench for a little while, you know, for, for six months. Not easy. And, and it could be, unfortunately, that Mora could be the, the best of a indifferent bunch to keep him on the bench. Well, that, well, that's the thing, too. Is he Is he knocking on the door saying, get me in the team? Or is he just, you know, he's, he's been in this situation at PSG, right? And he's come to us and he's become exactly the same yeah. player, right? So is he just somebody that's all right with that? Because we don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, we do not want that. For me, either he or unfortunately Lamella or both need to go this summer. Because we've, we've just got to, Im- we've got to improve. And we need better than both of them as a backup, I think. And I think we'll at least one of them will go. Well, that's the thing. Is it? It's as you said. It need better, and that's the crux of it. I'd be more than happy. And, and, and Lamella is another one that I, I've always supported. I thought, yep, yeah, we've got a new signing there. He's great, but he's not pushed on. He is not pushed on. And and if we could get better, then I'd be with you all the way. Then yes, they can they can move on. But um, it's about getting better, isn't it? That's the trouble. I don't. I don't think that it's. I don't even think that it's. Lamella uh, hasn't got better. I think he's just. It's injuries. It, every time he starts to get momentum, he gets an injury. Mm. It's just. It's just been non-stop for the bloke. It's been terrible, and I just think that's how it's going to be for him. I think in his career and. He's quite expensive though, Mark. He's quite expensive. He gives the ball away too much. That's the, that's the trouble. I was hoping he was going to get up to speed and stop doing that, but he's not. He's still giving that bloody ball away. But he's just got that. He's the most team-orientated attacking player we have. Mm. You know, he's the one that's always looking for a pass, not being too greedy like, like some of them can be. I just I want a player like him around. Like I say, if he if he was just if he didn't have these injury problems, he would probably be up up there. 
Maybe. Um, just very briefly before I move on to the next question. Um, so the Chelsea Wolves game is finished. Um, finish, finish level. Really? So Wolves yeah. went ahead in the 56 minutes. Oh. Chelsea pulled one back in injury time for Eden Hazard. Um, I was watching it. I was sat here watching it the whole time. I just didn't want to disturb the pod. Chelsea. <laughs> Wolves scored a beautiful goal. Absolutely beautiful goal. And then lucky Chelsea. Chelsea are on 57 points. They do have a game in hand. If they win that, they'll be within one point of us, I suppose. At least it, that's not... Well, it's, it's not great, but if they'd won today and won that game in hand, then they, then they would have gone above us. Um, yeah. And then obviously Arsenal and United play each other late, later t- today. The only thing that could happen... No one can overtake us as it stands. Um, United, if they win that game, would go level on... Uh, on points. points. If they win 6 0, they'll go, they'll, yeah. they'll go ahead of us. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's very tight, and obviously, we've got difficult games against Liverpool. I mean, everybody goes on about the Liverpool and City games being difficult because they're away from home. <coughs> the funny thing is, we could actually pick up something from both of those games. Yeah. Or more than we'd ever envisage. And it might just be all the other gimme games that might prove to be difficult, as we saw with um, yeah. Southampton yesterday and, 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 and Burnley and you know, football's like that it's, it's funny and, and some, some of the teams around us United this uh, team that seems unstoppable at the moment they suddenly might pick up uh, play uh, lose a game somewhere when you're least expecting it so football football's like that um, Karim Cronfley Ericsson never seems to be up for it when it matters time to buy some real quality competition for his place or sell him and replace with two I presume he means two players Oh no, no, keep. No, 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 keep him. He's a he's a quality top quality player. If he wants to go, um, then sell him, get good money for him, and then go and do that. I don't want to keep somebody who doesn't want to stay. Um, but I'm, I'm not aware that's the case, and I hope we do find the money. I I, I get people. This is going back to this. Fr- we we allow this frustration of these. Uh, one point in in 12 points given away we allow that frustration to boil over to want to accuse individuals of not playing well we, they do, they do, they, all, they can't keep up that level at every game um so I, and I, i'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater no keep him he's a good player quality player i, I think i think madrid and barcelona if he came available would come chasing for him and pay very good money and that would tell you just how good he is yeah, I agree. Just want to absolutely 100% want to keep him, but also 100% if he wants to go, just open your mouth and tell us you want to go so we can do what we need to do, show some respect to the club. Yeah. But um, I do think that the last couple of games, Ericsson's worked hard and he seems like he's kind of picking up again a little bit, at least to me. I don't know whether I'm seeing. I'm not. No, no. I thought he did all right. I, I, I think he. he I think game. he's. It's. I don't know where. I don't know whether he's been carrying an injury or something because he's. He, we all know he's a. He's a wimp when it comes to <laughs> tackles and stuff, and he's definitely been that recently. So, but like I said, he just seems to. Definitely seems to improve. Got a lot more energy in in the past couple of games. Yeah, I mean, he does so much work also off the ball. Um, that's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
and I thought against Dortmund he played very well and I thought yesterday first half he played very well not yeah. so much so in the second half but then nobody did so that's precisely uh, it is that um, the final two questions um, and they, I'm not really going to address these directly because they're quite similar to uh, a question or two that we had last week on the, on, on the pod and, and, and I talked at length I think on the pod I was listening back to it and I couldn't believe how long I was going on for I I, 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 I fell asleep I, I, I had a lot to say on it but it was like I was just going on and on and on and Paul Zoe and, and, and John must have just been sitting there um, anyway just listening to it um, so Sam Ricketts Twitter handle at Sam underscore Ricketts are we in need of, of, of a club overhaul um, and Darren Pamenter's Twitter handle is at Daz P19 is the lack of investment in the team starting to show are we getting found out by teams and getting too predictable um, because of no new faces I mean, similar sort of questions and on, on the overhaul thing I think last week I to summarised I, I think we did need do need a bit of an overhaul in the summer but the only thing I would say with that is I felt I think the task is quite big in terms of shifting some of the players and then if you're talking about bringing quite a few new faces you go from overhaul to then upheaval and to getting players to settle in, and that can that can have a detrimental uh, effect, and it might take time for, for players to bed in if you make so many changes. Um, let me start with David on this. I mean, you touched upon this earlier about us being a bit bit too predictable. Yes, um, yes, I absolutely agree because I've said it already that I I fear that that's one of our problems. They can see. Only too many times when teams have beaten us, they've put us under the cosh and, and I'd say crumbled, but, you know, we, we've stuttered along and not been allowed to play our game. We don't like it. We just don't like it. We don't get out of that. So, um, yeah, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, we've look, we've, we've, we've done remark. Pot just done remarkable things. I think he said we then, as if I'm something part of it. But Pot just done remarkable things, considering he's gone through two windows without any um, new faces. I know we've been trying to get them in. It's not a, a, I don't think it's a conscious decision to say, right, we're not going to do any business. But it's a conscious decision to not get the wrong player in as well, I'm sure. And yet, I can't think we're going to go through uh, this summer without probably about three new faces, I would have thought, and trying to get some players out. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it will. Uh, some of it will be on a, a proviso that we do get players out for the money. Mm. Um but yes, we do. You, you just can't without. You just can't carry on without new faces, new season, new stadium, new faces. It has to be, and we have to freshen it up. I, you know, you're just. We can see that we're certainly not up there with Man City. Over a season, with the quality they've got, we will never really genuinely, unless you have a remarkable season where they don't perform. Liverpool and Manchester United now are clearly coming up again. Um, at this moment, um, you're not going to compete with the same side with those boys. If you've got if you've got a serious consideration that we can actually do something in the Premier League, we're going to have to see some new faces and, and new new ways of playing. Maybe, uh, Mark. In terms of well, I, pre- I presume it's the same with you in terms of wanting new faces. Um, What's the what do you think is, is is the extent to which the club needs to overhaul and who for you would you like to see leave the club and well what are the, what are the areas that you think that, that we need to strengthen in? Um, well, I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think it's 
quite obvious that central midfield is the priority. Um, we didn't replace Dembele. We have to replace him. And we just need... We need to, probably Wanyama needs to go, unfortunately, as well. We would need to replace him um, for sure. I would probably, I don't know, right back's difficult. I still I still think Walker Peters deserves a run, a go in the team, even though he's made a few little mistakes here and there. He also shows moments of a good deal of confidence and uh, posit- positivity in his play. And I'd like to see him play a little bit more. So, and then we were saying earlier, you know, Aurea, he's he can play decent when he wants to. Trippier has been taking the biggest step backwards this season. So, I'm not sure about right back. Left back, I just think we should sell Rose and get ourselves a new younger player in and start building and have... Ben there too. Um, Guardiola's already come out and said he wants a defensive midfielder and a left back. You know, but when you've got the money he's got, I suppose you can just come out and say that. And yeah, teams are, teams know that, so they're going to bump up the price. It doesn't matter to him. But we definitely we need fresh. We need to freshen. We need a something positive, a boost for the fans. Even if it's just somebody like Toby or Ericsson signing a new contract would be massive for us yeah. this summer. We need something this summer. And I, I, I believe we're going to see it. I believe we're going to break our transfer record some, in some way, shape or form this summer. Um, I also believe that, like I said, either Mora or Lamella will leave, more than likely Mora, and we should replace there. Um, Lorente should go. Whether we were replaced there or not, I don't know. I've got a really good idea. Okay, so Lorente, Janssen, and Kundu, uh, Wanyama. Um, if you want to throw anybody else in, into the mix, Onoma. I don't know, but um, you're up. You're up to a five. You're up to a fiver right now. <laughs> <laughs> we just so what we do. We've got this. We've got this special relationship with this club in, in in Spain called Madrid. We give them these five or six players, okay, or more. If you have anybody else, you can you want to add to that list. Mura. Yep. We give them all, and we bring back Modric and Bale home. Oh, jobs are good. And you can keep Modric. I'll take Bale, but you can keep Modric. Really. Yeah, he's too yeah. old now. He's well, not, that's the, that'd be the same as Lorente's fat waste I, of money in the long run. I ex- I accept what you're saying, Mark, and this is down to money. But if I'm looking at one season, possibly, you know, and these days you, you can be. That's what Manchester United look at mm-hmm. a man that could do a job for a season. Um, then I I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. But he could be the he could be the the Edgar David throughout the dreadlocks. L- listen, yeah. <laughs> listen. I couldn't imagine Modric with dreadlocks. That's not a pretty picture. Um, <laughs> there's going to be, I think there's going to be a massive overhaul at, at Madrid this summer. I think there's going to be lots yeah. of very big transfers this summer yeah. across all across Europe. And yeah. what we should be doing is to look in, to capitalise on some of these bigger clubs wanting to dismantle. We've seen Madrid do it before. And teams have benefited from them just suddenly deciding to sell a bunch of players. I'd love us to give. You're saying Modric? How about Tony Cruz? That's somebody I'd like us to get. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue that. I mean, a brilliant player. A man who, <laughs> yeah. and this is, and this is a thing, you know, a man who's won things. German, yeah. you know, sort of at one all levels. And he come in there and he'd be a, I could see him being a boss if he could speak yeah. English. And I bet he can uh, very well. And he could be that guy who I keep thinks missing, who is Poch's man on the pitch, who organises. When yesterday mm-hmm. in Southampton, it wasn't going well. He then starts to grab shirts and says, you know, shake around and said, come on, get on with it. Yeah. It's getting tight on him. Let's, let's pressure them now. And that sort of thing. And that's what a guy like him would be. It would be wonderful we could sign him uh, or, or that type of player. You're right, Mark. But I, I'm i not sure, unfortunately, we're in that level of the nah, market. We're not, it's the wages. It's the yeah. wages for yeah. sure, unfortunately. But there's, you know, there's going to be, like I said, I just think there's going to be a whole bunch of transfers this summer. It's going to be very interesting. It, it doesn't help with the big clubs like United pay um, Sanchez. Was it half a million a week? I mean, it right. just skew, it screws up the market. And, it, and it's just, that's one of the things that really uh, gets to us. It suffers. And, and, yeah, but it, it, hurt, it hurts them in the end because now look, look at Arsenal. Arsenal, whether they'll admit it or not, they're saddled with Ozil because of his wages. <laughs> yeah. And United are saddled with Sanchez because yeah. of his wages. Yeah, but United can afford it, unfortunately, can't they? They can afford that mistake. Yeah. Ars- Arsenal are suffering, apparently. They they yeah. can't they haven't got a great deal of money so they've gone out spending a little bit beyond their means. Well, yeah, the wages for some of these players that they've bought lately, even losing Ramsey, you know, yeah, don't matter. Their wage bill is massive. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, because the next time that Spurs play a game will be against Liverpool, which is on the thirty-first of March. The next podcast. We will record won't be for a few weeks. Um, it will either be on that day, um, Sunday evening on the 31st, or we'll be recording the following night, Monday night on the 1st of April. Uh, so a little bit of a free. If it's not a break for Spurs, it's certainly a free week break for for myself and anybody associated with with, with the podcast. Um, uh, until a few weeks from now, for all that's left for me to say is thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, David. Well, thank you. Pleasure. And we're all off to say Alfie Zane to Wembley. And until next time, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it and let go. Come on, Tottenham, the pace so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green We've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt